This is the final word, Women's Ashes Daily. Day two of the one and only test match from Trent Bridge, Jeff Lemon and Barrett Cinderacen with you. The show is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. And I have to tell you all about the entire day's play in the space of 30 seconds. Let's say Australia were 3.28 for seven when they resumed today and Annabelle Sutherland went on to her first test century. Uh, Lana King whacked a few, got out, and then Kim Garth stayed around for a long period of time. Uh, after lunch, 1.37, not out Sutherland. By the time they got through Darcy Brown, Australia made 4.73 and then England went gangbusters in response. 2.18 for two at the close. Tammy Beaumont's made 100. She's 100, not out. Nat Siver Brunt's still there on 41. And Heather Knight made a 50, so they're going very quickly. That was 30 seconds. That was, that's, that got most of it. It's one of those days where the, the numbers, I just couldn't get the numbers to stay in my head. But it was, a, it was a big day for two players, for Sutherland and for Beaumont, on a personal level. But your 30-second summary was like Nat Siver Brunt and what she did in the last half an hour. She really did set this Trent Bridge crowd alight. Uh, I, I was sitting in the crowd as always. That seems to be my thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were rolling. They were roaring and there were these two lovely old ladies sitting next to me who, till that point, were munching on their biscuits, having their tea, having a great time, laughing away with what, whatever BBC TMS commentary they were listening to till Siver Brunt started hitting those boundaries. And they were hooting and hollering. One of them was going... Woo, woo, woo for each ball and that led to the Tammy Beaumont century moment as well with what one over to go uh, of the last ball of the penultimate over of the day uh, she plays another expansive shot uh, and uh, you know there, there she is what, a, what an innings it was uh, and, and but we'll, we'll come to Tammy Beaumont before that was the coming of age of Annabel Sutherland uh, you know so many things about her cricket uh, get compared to Elise Perry and I've seen them in the last couple of years Elise Perry has taken her under the her wings uh, I saw a beautiful picture of them from I think one of the T20 World Cups where Elise Perry sat with her arm around um, a, a much younger Annabel Sutherland and there's also this cute picture of a baby uh, Annabel Sutherland receiving a prize or something from uh, a pretty pretty young looking Meg Lanning so that must have been from 10 15 years ago uh, but what a talent we spoke about how good she is on the eye when she bats a uh, classy batter, uh, crisp uh, with her timing, uh, and she just continued on. It was a pretty effortless uh, march to her century today after she was unbeaten yesterday. This is the interesting bit, right? Like there's, there wasn't, like, there were some nice shots in there, but it wasn't like a player who was dominating, who looked like they were dominating, up until the point when she gets close to 100, just before the 100, and then just afterwards she hits four boundaries in nine balls, um, and then she starts going after Sophie Eccleston, hits her for a big six when she's batting with the 11, Darcy Brown. But until that point, I mean, the the partnership that she put on with Kim Garth was worth 95, and Kim Garth made 22, mm. and batted really slowly. I mean, at one stage, when, when, they're, when they're coming up to the lunch break, um, Kim Garth is, what, 14 or 56 balls at lunch and, and has just been hanging out, helping out. And Sutherland didn't seem to have the foot down but was still scoring prolifically. 
that just tells you about uh, her all-round game. Uh, because she has shots through the offside, onside, back foot, front foot. Uh, but also another thing she does have, much like Perry, is the ability to rotate the strike. And you're right, Kim Garth was uh, at one point, I think, two runs when the partnership had already gone to 40. So she was dominating the innings without really looking very dominating, if that makes sense. And uh, yeah, Sophie Eccleston was just wheeling away and felt like she bowled 172 overs. She didn't, but felt like a lot. Um, but she was speaking of the seamers, any error in length, uh, Sutherland was all uh, all over it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, felt like she could have continued batting if, say, Australia hadn't lost those two wickets. And Australia seemed happy for her to keep batting as well. Uh, they've recognised this as being a really flat pitch and we saw that when England batted as well. Uh, so they wanted as many runs as they could get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Annabelle Sutherland uh, starting with the bat and then, uh, of course, she came back and did something with the ball as well. A little bit later on, um, Lauren Bell did something with the ball too. The, the ball that she bowled to dismiss Alana. King. I mean, this looked like a really nice batting pitch for the most part, and the only thing you could get as a bowler, I mean, there's there's decent bounce from this pitch, but you could get movement through the air. And Bell manages to bowl, she bowls the Shikapande ball, she bowls yes. the wide outside, the off stump, that swings in so far that you think it must have taken an inside edge onto the stumps, but it misses the inside edge and, and crashes into middle. It's like the Moin Ali ball to Cameron Green last week, just that this was a seamer bowling and not an off-spinner. But that's how the how wide the gap was between bat and pad. And purely produced by the prodigious uh, movement that uh, she got in the air. We spoke about her delivery last uh, evening, late in the day, uh, to get the court behind. This was even better. And Alana King, who had batted pretty decently till that point. Alana King is this feisty batter, right? She just wants to hit hit every ball she faces. She whacks every she ball. She, whack, she yeah. likes to hit the ball as hard as possible. She does. And she tried to hit this one uh, as hard as she could. But, uh, yeah, big gap. It just came in so far. It was like, not boomerang swing, but close to boomerang swing. Uh, and you're right, I also was convinced it was an inside edge, but it took me a couple of looks to say, wow, no, she's clean bowl. Uh, okay, boomerang, if, if, we could, if we could use that. So the partnerships, 95 that she puts on with Garth, 77 with Ash Gardner, 47 with King and 16 with Darcy Brown. Annabelle Sutherland adds 238 for the last four wickets, making 137 not out. Um, there have been 10 Australians now. She's the 10th to make a test century from number eight. Um, and so there have been yeah, one other woman, woman and eight men who've done it before. It's... And she's not an eight. She doesn't belong at eight in terms of her ability. We've seen her bat three in the one-day team in, in her first series and so on. But it's the, the depth of, of this Australian lineup that they can they can bat to eight and they can probably have eight bowl. Well, they bat to ten, really. I mean, Garth would be batting top six in most other teams in the world. And the position she walked out to bat in, six for 238, we spoke about yesterday, which was a pretty precarious position on a pitch like this, where we've seen England dominate with the bat as well. So Australia were in a spot of bother when she walks out to bat uh, and joins uh, Elise Perry. Uh, and then to play, kind of, she play, oh no, to join Ash Gardner, I should say. Uh, so she started off pretty briskly even last evening, and that was a crucial partnership between Gardner uh, and Sutherland, uh, but then she just took over uh, this morning. It's a great story as well, right? I mean, uh, her father obviously played a huge role uh, behind the scenes in Australian cricket for a long time, and often in front of the scenes as well. Pretty much, yeah, especially during one tour of South Africa. Um, and her brother Will, uh, who's had a really good Sheffield Shield uh, season, I saw him make his maiden first-class century at the Karen Rolton Over at the start of the last uh, summer. Mm. But and ended up captaining Victoria by the end of the season. He did. I mean, uh, he takes wickets with the ball. 
all. He he he's yeah, he's got that presence just like his sister does. And I remember him after he made that hundred. He said, "Yeah, I mean, I've not been taking tips from my sister, but like I'm definitely getting inspired by her performances because she had such a great start to uh, the Australian summer." And, and also lovely stories about them having accompanied their father um, on men's tours and women's tours and playing uh, cricket in the background when uh, a young Elise Perry was making her waves as an international cricketer in her uh, youthful days. There was baby Annabel at the back, and now they're playing together and being compared, spoken of in the same breath. When Elise Perry debuted in 2007, Annabel Sutherland was five years old. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and I think it is Elise Perry who always talks about how she remembers Annabel and Will in the, in the back, uh, in the dressing room, wherever they could find space, just keep playing cricket. And it is a lovely story. Uh, you know, we constantly speak about Jimmy Anderson and his longevity, uh, but Perry's been around so long as well. Uh, and, you know, she still looks as fit as she always has. But it's wonderful to see her uh, inspire, not just the next generation. I think you'd think Annabelle is two generations apart from, from Perry. And they're still, uh, you know, and you could even see while uh, Annabelle Sutherland's bowling, she's Perry's always at mid-off, putting an arm around her, just having a quick word to her. And... You know, when that opening partnership was just beginning to take hold, it was Annabel Sutherland who, in her first over, bowls a maiden and then of the last ball, I mean, becomes a wicked maiden because she takes a wicket of the last ball. Uh, but yeah, just teases her outside off them and gets it out. Yeah, so Emma Lamb edges to slip. Jonathan takes the catch there. Um, not not exactly early. They're ten overs in at that stage. And then Heather Knight and Tammy Beaumont just say, you know what, this pitch is good for batting, we're going to make the most of it. Um, and, and I thought Australia bowled really poorly through that period of play. Like there were some good deliveries, but there was a lot of loose stuff. There were full tosses. Sutherland, as she got deeper into a spell, bowled uh, what, four or five full tosses that got hit to the boundary. Alana King bowled a stack of full tosses and down the leg side. They were really rusty. Perry came on to try one over before the break and was swinging most of them down the leg side. Um, they couldn't sort of control the movement in the air. And there were just a lot of freebies. And, you know, credit to Knight and Beaumont because they were positive enough to cash in every time they had an opportunity. They weren't, they weren't being safety first and, and trying to be careful. They were taking it on. And they were scoring a nearly four and over again like yesterday. And Tammy Beaumont in particular picked off any width. Uh, you know, she's a, a wonderful batter with the horizontal bat shots in particular. She can drive the ball as well. Uh, but there was a lot of width on offer. Alana, Alana King was struggling with her control. Uh, there were a few full tosses. One that uh, I think Beaumont smashed into Phoebe Litchfield's helmet and she needed a, a concussion test. But she kept missing her length. She bowled a few really good deliveries. But overall, yeah, they just looked... Like I think they have coming off a three-day game, aren't they? Rusty, yeah. Uh, yeah, but they looked extremely rusty. And Darcy Brown bowled a couple of good sharp in-swingers to start with, but there were boundary balls that she bowled as well, really full. Uh, and they were flowing. Knight and Beaumont were flowing. And at that point, uh, you felt, where's that next wicket going to come from? Well, it comes from Ash Gardner, who bowls a lovely delivery, holds the line, goes on with the arm, the off spinner, um, and takes the, the little edge, it just just draws Heather Knight forward that perfect length, takes the edge through to the keeper. Knight's out for 57, and that brings Nat Tiverbrunt to the middle, and she just 
put the foot down even further with Tammy Beaumont as well, who, as you say, was particularly anything short. She was crushing the pull shot, going back and really pulling with power. Um, and, and, and with outside the off stump and then Siver Brunt late in the day just says pretty much everything's got to go. What, hit three boundaries in an over at one point, um, was, was, was walloping Gardner. Um, Jess Jonathan barely bowled. I thought that was odd. She bowled two overs by the close and she's, she's your control operator, even if it is relatively early in a test match. I was surprised they didn't look to her more. Uh, and Talia McGrath as well, unless she's carrying an injury that I'm not aware of. Uh, and uh, and, and Jess Jonathan bowled what the last two overs, and she was literally bought on only when Silver Brunt started uh, bashing everyone else up. Uh, and just on uh, Silver Brunt as well, uh, you know, she went for big money in the WPL auctions, and you can just see she's got that aura around her, right? The moment she walked out to bat, you could see there was excitement building around the ground. Yes, they were disappointed to see Captain Heather Knight get out at that stage when she looked good for another Ashes Test 100. But Silver Brunt's arrival just brought that energy up, um, and she kept up that energy. I mean, for three boundaries in, uh, on the same over from King late, late in the day, she went after Gardner, she slock swept her, uh, and Jonathan was brought on really to control the, the Silver Brunt inning and she did a fair job in the two overs she bowled. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Healy kept going back to um, uh, her first three bowlers. Garth bowled a long spell or three long spells, bowled I think 14, 15 overs. Gave her some sort of control, went at three and over, or just under three and over. Uh, but a lot of the others were quite expensive. But yeah, Silver Brunt looks hungry for more. Uh, Tammy Beaumont late in the day reaches her century, so two um, raises of the bat that we saw today. She's 100 not out and will resume tomorrow. Um, a couple of sleepy moments from the Australians. One where Gardner switches from around the wicket to over the wicket. And Jess Jonathan at slip doesn't change her position and Healy, the keeper, doesn't tell her to change her position from a bit wider to a bit narrower. The edge goes between the keeper and slip and, I mean, Jonathan was almost to the second slip at that point. Had she been a conventional first, she would have taken that, well, been in a position to take that catch easily. So that was one where they missed out. And the other one, off the boot, Tammy Beaumont coming forward to Alana King, squeezes the ball down into her boot, pops up to short leg. Now, the Australians appeal, it's given not out, but... Well, you tell me, you're the umpire in this case. I thought it shouldn't have been on the Australians to review that because if an umpire is saying it's a bump ball but, but the, the other team is asking them whether that's a dismissal, that's the umpire's job to send that upstairs, not the appealing team's job because that is the purview of, of an umpire's review. Is that, is that, am I right or wrong? You're very much on, on, on the money. It's very similar to a bump ball. Uh, so it is. It is. They, they th they're saying it was a bump ball, yeah, exactly. but it came off the boot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, like a, co a contentious catch, for example, the Cam Green one. We're not going back there. Nor we're not going back to the Oval. Not. No, I'm not anyway. Never. We're never, never going never back there. In fact, we'll never go to the Oval again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even last Test match of the Ashes, why don't we shift it here? Such a beautiful ground. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it, it's very similar. A bump ball of any kind. Uh, that is also kind of a bump ball when in the ball uh, you're not sure whether the fielder has taken it cleanly or it's uh, off the bounds and I was surprised that they didn't go to the third umpire I mean it is the umpire's call uh, but you're right the umpires felt like they left it to the Australians to review it or not and they looked a little confused as well uh, I've never seen that happen before uh, and even before DRS came into the picture that generally did go to the third umpire in that case and often we'd see it would be an obvious bump ball and they would just move on but for to test something which seemed very close because her bat and pad were so close to each other, uh, was a little surprising. So England 218 for two, that leaves them 255 behind, but they've still got the eight wickets in hand. They don't bat as deep as the Australians, but um, they've got a couple of players in great touch at the crease. That brings us to the final word, Hall of Fame. 
It's the Hall of Fame where we look at the moments that we enjoyed, the things that stood out to us. It's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. Uh, I can tell you that there may be a smorgasbord of cricket happening, but there's also Major League Baseball happening in London over the weekend, which means if you want a baseball-themed weekend, you can go to the home run joint down at Westfield, a home run house, and you can hit some balls into the stands. Have you ever have you ever gotten a baseball cage before? No, I haven't. I should do that. Like, yeah, I'm going to London in a couple of days' time. I'm going to go and swing at a couple. Like, yeah, so it it, it's, it seems like fun, doesn't it? Like, in cricket, at least, yeah, you need a hand-eye. Uh, here, it's just eye and hands, <laughs> not together. Uh, so it seems, I don't know. Like, baseballers think they can play cricket. We always think we can play baseball. So I am going to go give a couple of uh, swings. I don't know if they should bat lefty or righty, though. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, we'll, we'll work it out. What are you batting cricket? Lefty. Left, okay. Well, maybe try both, see how they go. We could steal some of the bats from sixes and try cricket bats in the baseball cage, something like that. Um, you can also go to Bat and Ball, which isn't the baseball place, but it is the place for ping pong and beer pong and darts, karaoke, all of the other sports. I'd love to see karaoke in the Olympics. Why not? If we, if we can have breakdancing yeah, and sport climbing, we, we can have karaoke. So, right, that is uh, Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. Hall of Fame, I'm going to throw a, a stats nomination in there. Tammy Beaumont today becomes the second player after Heather Knight to make a 100 in all three formats in women's cricket. Of course, most of the other players don't get the chance to do that because they don't get to play test cricket. But it's a little surprising because Meg Lanning has made hundreds in one days and, and T20s, never made a test hundred. Elisa Healy's never made a test hundred. Beth Mooney's never made a test hundred. Um, and Elise Perry's never made a T20 hundred. So all of the great Australians, none of them have the three formats, whereas the two of the English players do. Yeah, I think Elisa Healy's highest score in test cricket is 54, which surprised me. Uh, the three tests that I've covered of hers, she hasn't made any runs against mm. India on the goal close, the last Ashes test and this one. Yeah. Lanning as well has 150 I think and that's it. Mm, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, good nomination. I have a couple. One is, you know, generally if, when you watch cricket around the world or cover cricket, you get to see one of these in a, in a year or two years, which is basically an appeal for uh, a run out at the non-striker's end where the ball is ricocheted off the bowler's hand and hit the stumps. We saw three before the lunch break today, which is amazing, all in the space of 50 minutes or 45 minutes. Three of those, all three were not out, but for it to happen three times, imagine if like all three were out, it would have been quite the miracle. You know, we're speaking about the getting the bowler running out yeah. the non-striker then because they've left the crease, but this would have been quite, quite incredible. Uh, that would be one. The other one was like this cute moment which I saw between two veterans, uh, Alicia Haley and... Um, uh, Heather Knight, uh, which is when Heather Knight's pretty early in, in her innings uh, and she scampers across for a second run. It's the last ball of the over, drops her bat, and then she's in a crease. Uh, Elisa Healy's standing with the ball in her hand, and you could see Heather Knight saying, I need to go get the get the bat. And Elisa Healy's like, Well, I'm not getting getting rid of the ball. If you get out, I'm gonna stump you. Like I mean it didn't go on for too long. It was like a nice little stalemate moment between those two. <laughs> um I, I would also nominate so Darcy Brown, the one player in the Australian eleven who doesn't have much of a qualification with the bat, but she did pull off an all run four. Oh, yes. uh, the long chase out there, the dive, the tap back, all the work, the throw in, and they ran four anyway. Uh, Sophie Dunkley, uh, she had a tough run because she had the shin pads on and every time she ran you could see she was really uh, pushing against it and she made all the effort, she chased a lot of balls, she put the dive in, uh, unfortunately. For, I have one more nomination. Though. She's, a, she's an awkward runner too, 
Dunkley. Like she sort of looks like she's running through cement or something almost yeah. all the time. I thought it's only because of the shin pads. You're right. No, I, no she's normally. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, maybe it's just her. Like she does look like she's always running into the wind, even on a still day, uh, and that's what it feels like. Uh, my, my final nomination is the crowd. Man, I have fallen all over in love with the English crowds again. Their knowledge of cricket. And you know, you can talk about baseball and exciting cricket and test cricket needs to be saved. What are they even talking about? The English crowd loves a maiden over, loves a good, like that all run four. They were cheering even though it was the opposition. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a good, like someone putting in a stop, a good throw from the boundary. All those old school chumps, they are loving it. And they were, you had some guys yesterday saying, name five <laughs> captains who were born in one country and captained another country. Like they're playing story time, yeah, nerd yeah. pledge in the crowd. They are. I really wanted, and I started speaking to them. They said, can you help me? I said, no, it's unprofessional. I'm wearing an accreditation card. I didn't know some of the answers, so I just bailed out, <laughs> to be very honest. Uh, but if they were at it even today. Uh, I mean, today I think they were talking about Hanif Mohammed and uh, Basil D. Oliveira. I don't know what they were on about. but uh, it, it, And there was this other guy who was talking about uh, his first test match that he ever saw, uh, which is England versus the rest of the world sometime in the early 70s or in the early 60s. I was talking about Colin Bland and Eddie Barlow and the legends of South African cricket before uh, the break. In, uh, so it, it, no, it's, it's amazing. Their knowledge of cricket, their love for cricket, yeah. and the hooting and hollering for Nat Silverbrand. I'll never forget it. Both hooting and hollering in this economy. Uh, my last one, as we mentioned, Annabelle Sutherland, the unbeaten 100, and then taking a wicket first ball when she comes on. Sometimes it's just your day. Sometimes everything goes your way. Uh, that's enough from us. This has been the final word. Women's Ashes Daily is brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Um, if you like the show, if you want to help us do what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com slash the final word. Or you can just tune in tomorrow, which will be day three from this test match as it rolls Long, uh, Jeff Lemon and Bharat Sundaraj. Great to have your company. We'll see you next time. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced in. If my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant. I had to get.